Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of uh, PHP Town Hall. Um, this time, we're joined by the uh, by, by my co-host uh, Ben Edmonds. Um, we also have Ed Finkler um, of Dev Hell uh, Fame. His <laughs> fame, sorry, what? I don't know. Uh, yeah, infamy. Yeah, right. Infamy. Uh, excellent. And we have uh, Miko Federman. Um, if you guys would just like to introduce yourselves, uh, Ed, Ed, go first. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Ed Finkler. Um, so if you listen to podcasts about dev stuff and PHP stuff, you might know me because I co-host one called Development Hell. Um, and I've been uh, doing web stuff for a long time, since like 1997, and a lot of PHP stuff for a long time. And uh, I work for a company called Fictive Kin, um, and we've built a couple different things like Gimme Bar and Done Not Done is the most recent thing we did. So do a lot of stuff like that. And uh, I do a lot of, I guess, a lot of uh, open source uh, contri- contribution stuff and advocacy and things like that. And we're joined by Miko. Hello. Um, I am a software engineer writing medical practice software as a service in PHP and C. That's about it. <laughs> nice. Um, so today we have uh, two fairly tricky subjects to talk about. Um, we... <laughs> We originally got Ed on the show to talk about um, open sourcing mental illness, uh, a recent blog post, and, um, and some of the recent stuff he's been talking about on, on uh, the DevHell podcast. Um, and, and since then, the, the internet exploded, universe implosion, with um, another, another, well, I don't mean to, to have belittled it so much there, but um, a controversial topic uh, of oh. sexism, um, which revolved around the PHP UK conference. Um, this came. I'll give it a quick introduction about what what happened, and then we can sort of talk through um, our thoughts and feelings on it shortly afterwards. Phpness um, gate for those in the know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Phpness gate is what people are calling it. Um, and notice the fact that it sounds like penis. Um, this seems to be in the crux of the problem uh, for many. Um, so Anna Kent and Ellen couldn't find her last name. Um, were both. Um, both wearing T-shirts that say "PHP uh, enhance your PHPness," uh, and they were they were sponsors for the conference. Um, now, I think the, the the large part of the problem seems to have come down to people assuming that just because these two girls were uh, rel- you know attractive women wearing a T-shirt that said "enhance your PHPness," that they must be booth babes hired by a company uh, with the intent of Leveraging their assets to make to you know for jokes or to to belittle them or to you know sex sells whatever it is. Um, lots of people got involved with blog posts like this. Cal Evans, um, uh, you know, good man. Um, very glad to have seen him standing up for potential sexism issues. Um, but some people feel that he he may have overreacted uh, initially, not realizing what was really happening. Um, Amy Stephen also threw into the post saying. This, object, objectif- this objectification of women as sexual objects by depicting them as people who attend tech conferences for the purpose of men helping achieve erections is not funny. And there's been a lot of statements like this going around. Um, and and let, let's talk about this. Uh, Ed, what are, your, what are your thoughts on what's happened with PHP and Escape? Yeah, well, that's interesting. I've had a lot of thoughts about it, and um, it's, been a, it's been a tough thing for me um, like I guess personally, you know, even though to be honest, I, you know, why does it really matter to me in a huge amount? Um, I I tend to be a person where I feel like 
if 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 I feel like something's wrong or I feel like we should stand up and say something about something's wrong, I, I feel like I should say that say something about it. But at the same time, I really really don't like conflict, and it makes me deeply uncomfortable. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've I've wavered between. Um, like being, you know, hey, you know, we're this is going to work out okay, and we're going to, you know, come away from this with a good understanding, and we're going to be better from this. To being like, fuck all you guys, I hate you, die, you know. Um, and it, it's I've gone up and down beyond that, and that's it's that's not really healthy, right? Um, but uh, I, you know, I, I think there's a couple things going on here, and the first thing I should say is I, I, you know, I. I'm coming from a, a standpoint of um, I, 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 I've been a pretty big advocate of of uh, getting more women involved in open source. Um, I'm a pretty big supporter of the ADA Initiative, um, which is an organization that specifically focuses on uh, on, on uh, supporting women uh, involved in open source tech and culture. And um, you know, over the past couple of years, uh, that's something that I've kind of tried. I've probably got more and more involved in as, as trying to be an advocate for that. Um, I mean, to the extent that one can, when for the most part, I'm really not affected by those issues in the sense that um, it's easy for me because I'm a white dude and pretty much it's all white dudes in, uh, in tech in general and open source in particular. And so uh, for the most part, when you're like everybody else, it makes things easier. Um, so I, I think that there's a couple things that kind of happen. There's this level. So, so from that standpoint that I, I, you know, I, I, I might not be able to speak as intelligently about this as some other folks. Um, I think that there's, there's a couple of things kind of happening here. Um, I think on, on one hand, uh, I think there's some folks who will say, oh, well, there's, you know, uh, young, attractive-looking women, uh, and they're wearing these shirts. Oh, those shirts seem kind of tight, and, da, 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 da. and this looks like maybe they're some—they're essentially, you know, using sexuality just to market. And and um, I I went when I saw the T-shirt, I was kind of like, eh, eh, I don't know, whatever. I mean, I didn't want to assume that because I didn't really know who these people were. It was a picture kind of taken out of context. Um, I don't know who they are, so I didn't want to necessarily make that assumption. Um, I'm not a person who's particularly cared, or excuse me, who particularly is scared of sexuality, so that doesn't really bother me. Um, I mean, that, that, that stuff's, you know, nothing that I saw there was, ooh, shocking or anything like that. Um, right, and, and if there's anything, I, I don't think people should be ashamed of their sexuality, and I think that, uh, the majority of, I guess, Western culture tends to be really, really uptight about sexuality, and I think that causes all sorts of problems. Right, um, you know, much, so, much like the um, the GoDaddy adverts recently, like, oh no, there's an attractive woman and a nerd. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's not my problem. In fact, I, and so I don't, I don't, you know, like there's some people who'll be like, well, what if you, your kid saw that? Well, I'd rather my kid saw something that was an expression of sexuality than somebody getting their head exploded or something like that, right? I, 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 I just, you know, that's how I feel as a, as a parent and as just a person. Um, so that's not really my issue. My issue, and for what's worth, I, I, I said this to them. I actually, I like as soon as I saw this, this I think it was soon after this photo was posted, and I think Cal had 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 posted up and said, "Boy, I I I, I think he tweeted something about, boy, I don't really like this, or you know, something like that." 
And I, I, you know, I looked at it and uh, I was kind of like, well, first I didn't understand it because um, I'm not very good with puns, and um, I don't, uh, I don't really. Uh, pick up on things that quickly so and i try not to assume that that was really the intent so i saw phpness i was like well i didn't i i didn't i i i didn't really know what it meant at first and then somebody else had to point it out to me now somebody who i work with and they're like oh that's funny i don't know so my first offense was probably that i didn't think it was very funny but um that beside the point, um, the thing never it never bothered me the fact that well you know if people want to stand there and they're attractive women what's the big deal I don't you know that doesn't really that does not bother me um, now there's some folks who will, who are concerned about and I think they make some valid arguments about um, that sexualizing uh, contexts uh, some social contexts is, it can be problematic and 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 can contribute to uh, gender inequity. Um, that's possible. I'm not, I, I don't know enough about that to really argue one way or the other. Um, but in this particular case, what I didn't like about it um, was the fact that it was a marketing tool. It was, it was, it was, it was put out not, but it wasn't just like a couple of women who happened to be there who were wearing shirts. Like, that's one thing. I, I wear, like, I, I've been, our, our, our company has put on a um, conference called Brooklyn Beta for three years. And the the first year I went to it, I wore a shirt that says, uh, "What the fuck is Adobe Flash?" And I made that shirt and I wore it. So, and then the second, uh, uh, this most recent time, I wore a shirt that it was a for a band called Chem Lab that said "Fuck Art, Let's Kill" on it. And, and I've, I've so, worn some your t-shirts. That I, I wore your pull requester STFU on for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, right. So, I, so it's I, I, you know now. So I'm not a person who's particularly phased by language or things like that. That stuff doesn't really bother me, right? Um, I think the difference here is that this wasn't just a couple, like a one or two people wearing shirts that were kind of funny or something like that. And it's like, huh, that's funny. This was an organization that's a media partner for a uh, large, and I guess, I, I, I've never been to PHP UK, but I think it's a pretty big conference. That's a fact. Yeah, right. Um, that that they're putting this out as a marketing tool, and this marketing tool plays on what I, a smarter guy than I am, Arl Balkan, who I hope I'm not saying his name wrong, talks about and refers to as the male gaze. And the idea is that in this this shirt, and this is not the only example of this kind of thing, this shirt only makes sense, like the joke only makes sense if you have a penis. I don't think that's true. So, because it says enhance your, your, so the viewer, your penis. Right. I think Nico, anybody what, could, what do you think? I think, I think anybody could get the joke, though. Like, I'm not saying I you don't, don't get the joke. Yeah. I'm saying the audience for it. I thought that I was the audience for it, too, because I just saw it as a joke. You know, it's, it's like those, the spam ads. It's like... You know, commercials late night. I don't I have one that says your, but I thought that it was targeted at me too. I found it hilarious, frankly. So that's right. so. So it's totally fine. I understand that you could take it that way, but I don't think it's a hard thing to see where the there's certainly an underlying factor that if if you take it the words as they are, there it says your you own this piece. <laughs> I that means you you possess you the viewer 
the assumption is that you possess a penis. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's going to take it that way. I'm not saying that this, and, and the second thing is I'm not saying this is the, like the worst example of this in the world. There's far more examples, and I'll bring one up in a minute. But the point is that the marketing tool, that, that, that this marketing tool that they're using specifically speaks to men and makes the assumption in its language that men are the ones who are going to be viewing it, and only men. Now, there wasn't like a, uh, you know, you know uh, loosen up your vag shirt or, you know, or whatever you want to call that, you know, whatever the enhancement's going to be. Sure that there, there was no shirt like that. There right. were only enhance your pH penis shirts used as a marketing tool by an organization, a for-profit organization at a large open source conference. Yeah. Well, so and and so, so that is what bugged me. It didn't bug me that women were wearing it. It didn't bug me that attractive women were wearing it. It didn't bother me that, that people with tight shirts were wearing it. It bothered me that they were marketing in such a way that has a subtle but true assumption that we see constantly through marketing, in, both in IT and throughout our culture, that men are the only audience that matters for this. And I don't like that assumption. That's my problem with it. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. That makes sense. No, that makes sense to me, and it's it's a valid point. But you earlier did say that you didn't really get it until someone told you what that was. So even even if even if like it was marketed in that way, it's if people aren't really, I think anyone can read anything into it they want. Some people are assuming, like Amy Stephen, that it literally means they are there to make men's penises erect. Right, that's one interpretation, <laughs> which which I thought was incredibly, potentially over the top, like really yeah. way too literally. But other people are assuming that it, it, it like uh, like Miko's already said, um, that it's just a play on words about the working in the web and getting all these spam emails. Now, sure. quite and, often, and, you, know, you get these and, spam and, emails about enhance your penis. How does it know mm, if I'm a man or a woman? It's a play on that, I'd assume. Yeah. Um, so so they and they acknowledge that in this response that they wrote up, but they also acknowledge that it is intended as a double entendre about having a penis and enhancing that. That it's not just spam. They enough. said that in their statement. If you want me to, I'll bring it up and read it to you. <laughs> okay. No, you got me. I, uh, there's been a lot of reading material around. So, I mean, so uh, I've been reading this stuff for the last 24 hours, pretty much. So. And so, and to some extent, I think intent is important, but it's not as important as you might think. I think that intent matters, but clearly, I'm sure that their intent was not, that, was not to alienate anyone who does not have a penis who sees this. That was right. not the intent, of course. I, I mean, I, I would be shocked if that was the case. But I do think that by... Using this 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 uh, the, this this phrase in marketing, I do think that they're perpetuating a general culture of assuming that developers are male, and therefore will tend to alienate people who are not male in that culture. Okay. So you make it less likely that people who aren't male will want to participate. I'm not saying it's blatant. Not saying right, right. that was intentional. But I think that happens. And here's the other problem I had. In their large response that they wrote back, which primarily seemed to focus on the idea of uh, 
slut shaming and things like that, which I, I, I believe me gets back a lot to why I think people are, are, are horribly hung up on sexuality in this culture. Um, and, and I think they raise some good points there. Now the problem is they never addressed what was a core issue for me, which I, I emailed them before they posted that the day before they posted that. And I, I can read the email to you. I posted it online and I said, I do not, I'm, Quoting it, I do not know the intent of this shirt, but many have read it as a pun on, quote, penis, or as in enhance your pH penis. This is before they came out and said that that's, that was at least part of what they intended. I said, this kind of thing really disappoints me as a member of the PHP and open source community. Many of us are working hard to address the extremely skewed gender numbers in open source. And this kind of thing, intentional or not, sends a PHP as a guys only club message. And that makes me less, much less interested in WebMPHP and, and products or services provided by related companies. That, have you had, that was, have you had a response was, to that email? I, did, I got a response that said, hey, thanks for writing. I can read it to you if you want. But sure, basically it says, thanks for writing. Um, I think those are some good points, and we will uh, go ahead and, and and we're going to post something tomorrow, and that'll address everything. Like okay. that'll address all these issues. Now, so two things: one, they didn't address that stuff. Uh, so they just they basically ignored that. And and I wasn't the only one who brought this up. Other folks did too. And it seemed like the assumption that they came back with was, well, you just don't like the fact that uh, you know you're trying to censor us, or this is not really a big deal, so you should get over it. Right. This is actually something that I, I thought from the way they responded on Twitter. Now, while I think the blog repost um, on the whole covered a lot of the points, I realize there are a lot of different angles to play in any yeah. response that you give, right? Um, so I'm not going to say why I think it might have fell through the cracks. That's irrelevant to, to me. Um, sure. what, I, what I do think uh, they handled quite badly was, was on Twitter. Um, and Twitter is just always a really bad way to get into any conversation about sex, race, gender, anything, because you've got 140 characters and pretty much whatever you say is going to be taken the complete wrong way by whoever reads it. But even so, they handled it exceptionally badly. Um, when when Calevans initially got in touch, I think his, his first tweet was sad, which isn't going to put things off in a very like polite, conversational sort of fashion. Yeah. Um, what they ended up responding with was get a grip, it's a play on words, if this is all you have to worry about, dot dot dot, it's not offensive to women or men, what's your problem? Now that, the main problem with that is that, that it's immediately just kind of like shut up, doesn't matter which is immediately dismissing kind of any of their concerns and it's impossible to tell other people what is offensive or what's funny or what is upsetting because you don't know enough kind of about that person um, right, right. I, I guess there's a quick question over to, uh, to Miko, like what do you, how do you feel about the way that it was, it was handled on Twitter? And how do you feel about the blog post that they put up? I honestly think that this is all blown way out of proportion, considering the fact that there is actual sexism and issues. You know, making such an outrage over a pun on a T-shirt, whenever women and I have gone through being paid 20% less than men on the team, getting lower grades in a class with a sexist teacher... I don't care about a pun on a t-shirt, okay? It seems like it actually trivializes the actual sexism and the actual issues that are out there by blowing up something so small. It's a pun. I thought it was funny. I didn't think that it was particularly sexist considering I've been through actual problems involving with sexism and inequality. So, you know, I feel like it's actually kind of taking it a step backwards in the wrong direction to make such a big deal out of something that's so small. 
I get your point. I think that's a, a similar point that WebMPHP took. Um, I think the real issue most people had with it is, you know, it's a valid view, but they were so dismissive of people that had a different view of it, like Ed. Um, I think Paul might have made the, the best point out of all of them is uh, Paul M. Jones just basically said, if you're, you're getting them loads of traffic, uh, traffic, if you're not happy about it, then stop tweeting about them. <laughs> and this might be a good point. I mean, if, if you're really outraged by something, then pointing at it and saying, look at how bad this thing is, is probably not the best way to show your outrage. Yeah, valid point. I mm-hmm. mean, overall, though, I think the PHP community, while maybe a little overboard in ways, it shows how much they really do want to be accepting of everyone. You know, you're not going to come into PHP and accuse the general community of being dismissive because so many people take it to heart when things like this happen. True. And this is actually something else that I wanted to um, uh, to talk about, is that the PHP community does seem to usually avoid a lot of this flack, um, which is compared to other um, communities like Ruby. For example, Brit Ruby. I'm not sure if you guys heard about this. Um, Brit Ruby was a, a huge palaver back in the UK. Of um, they set up a conference. Uh, it was like 19 out of 20 of them were white dudes, um, and then it got shut down. Now, in I've just come back this weekend from Laracon, uh, which was um, which is another PHP conference for the Laravel framework. And for the largest time, it was um, it was nine white dudes. I was one of them uh, that was speaking. Um, we then <laughs> there was what then one speaker added towards the end, which was it, it was a black dude, uh, Jonathan uh, Bathenville, I think was his surname. I'm terrible with surnames, um, and and that seemed to get fine. Like I'm not saying there was any intent in there. I'm not saying there's any reason why he was the last person to come in. I'm not suggesting he was a tokenized speaker. But when this exact same thing happens in other communities, people go completely apeshit, and it and it boggles my mind. Like the largest percentage of developers I know, I've been, I've lived in opposite ends of, of the UK for, for a long time, met local communities there, I've been to conferences all over the UK, I've literally travelled around like the entire United States on a greyhound hanging out with different developers uh, when I got to different places, and I'd, I'd say from the sample base that I personally have, um, it's like 99, 98% white dudes. So when, when things like these, when all this conference palaver happens every single time of like, oh, it's all guys and oh, they're all white. Yeah, because the largest part of the number of developers that I meet are. Um, there's the exception to that. We've, we're joined by one today. Uh, we're joined by you know, Miko today. Um, there's plenty of women developers around. But um, when you go to conferences, there's just, there's just nobody there. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? Yeah, Miko, I'd, I'd really like to hear your perspective on this. Have you spoken at any conferences or have you uh, attended many? Um, I have attended one for higher education because I used to work for a university. Um, it was Hyatt Web Dev. Um, we had a very large team going. Two of us, two of our people did speak, but I didn't, um, so that I could go to attend actual uh, workshops. Um, you know, I'm not really a conference person. I don't know why. I I'm part of the local user groups. I frequent those. Um, I might be doing some speaking there soon, but I don't know what it is. I mean, I can't really tell you either. I'm not super excited about conferences. I mean, I'd like to go sometime to one or two, but maybe that's just a thing that you guys like. I don't know. I mean, is there a inherent reason behind that, or is it just the general atmosphere of like learning during the day and then pretty much drinking at night that most conferences have? I'm fine with that. Um... 
I guess I'm more of one of those I don't like crowds and I don't like a lot of attention kind of people. Okay. okay. Uh, that's yeah. the opposite. As a speaker, I'm I'm kind of the opposite. <laughs> I'm actually like that too, even though I <laughs> submit myself to it too often. But it's the same way. Um, you know, Miko, I'm interested to know: have uh, at you, the user group stuff that you do locally have? Uh, have there been any or have you participated in any stuff that said focus specifically on, you know, there's some things like pie ladies and dev chicks and mm-hmm. stuff like that that have done like say specifically we want to work with women to get women involved in open source and programming and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear what your experiences have been or your thoughts about that. I was part of All Girl Hack Night, um, which is just any sort of female developer getting together. Um, it was it was pretty nice. Um, it has changed and somewhat disbanded recently, which is a shame. Um, but uh, it was okay. It's definitely a different uh, dynamic to it. I, I asked some of the girls, you know, uh, since I'm more of a back-end developer, and honestly, most of them are front-end, and I would tell them, why don't you just, you know, they say, oh, I want to do this and that. And I'm like, why don't you just do it? And they're always like, oh, I don't know. I'm not confident enough. I don't think that I can do it. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course, it's scary. I was terrified. You know, whenever I decided to take my first full-time development job, you know, a lot of the female developers started in support or they, they're only comfortable with front-end. I think it's more of a confidence thing, but it, I don't think it has to do with being treated differently. I think it's more of a personal thing for a lot of them. They're just not comfortable just going out there and jumping with their feet first. Uh, is there anything that you think that could be done to, to help with this? Like a lot of conferences have started to put sort of code of, conduct in, uh, code of conduct in place, which is mostly just don't be a dick, don't grab people and don't tell anyone, don't make any racist, sexist comments, which, which makes perfect sense. But do you, do you see these sort of guidelines for how people should behave as a, as a helping um, mechanism? Uh, well, it's like a, as a way to help with these problems for women attending conferences? I honestly don't know. I mean, it, I think it wouldn't hurt. Um, I guess I would just assume that everything should be sort of a safe place to go, um, no matter what, no matter who you are, you know, what race, what sex. It, I would assume that, you know, it would be handled correctly if something happened. Um I've tried for a long time to combine user groups. You know, I'd say I have all these friends and I'll go hack night. And there's the Linux group, which only has like three females. And I'm like, they're really interested. We should do something together. But then, I don't know, it seems like there's just some disconnect. And I've asked about it and I've just never figured it out either. It's like either one side or another are never interested at the same time. Organizing people and like getting them to do stuff is by far the worst part of being like of like trying to be sort of the guy or the girl uh, that was very uh, gender specific of me the person to uh, to organize things um, like in everything I've ever done from like doing fanzines to doing like trying to do user group stuff or things like that like trying to get people to participate is always the worst because you like send out. You know, fifty emails, and you're like, "Hey, 
everybody, let's do this would be awesome, wouldn't it? And getting people to be as excited as you are about it is just always a has always been an exercise and disappointment for me. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I had a fellow PHP user group, so I know where you're at. Yeah, <laughs> but we you did. know. Trying to do conferences as well. It's always just like herding kittens. It's it's uh, it's pretty tricky trying to get everyone on the same page at the same time. We did start to have a big turnout when All Girl Hack Night and PHP Austin both put. Uh, they had a beverage subgroup, a social. Um, we would meet at a bar, but that doesn't mean you have to drink alcohol. You know, you might get a soda. Um, but both groups started meeting at the same time on the same night every month, and it actually started growing and growing. And it seemed like it was, you know, like a more uh, female developers were getting involved. Maybe some, like, C-sharp girls started coming. And then, again, it just fell apart. So I'm, I'm really not sure. I've never been able to figure it out myself. I've always been more of a tomboy, you know. And I don't understand either why more women aren't getting as involved. It's something that I was always interested in, but none of my friends were. I wonder, you know, Mika, what, some of what you're saying seems consistent with stuff I've kind of seen elsewhere where there's folks who, it seems like women who do well in, in IT and in development stuff, it seems like they, they uh, tend to be people who have certain personalities that tend to get along better in, like amongst sort of traditional male uh, jokes and culture. You mentioned kind of being a little tomboyish, and I wonder if uh, if that if that's part of the reason why you have such a you know you talked about how you seem a lot of women seem to lack um, that confidence. You talked about that sort of self confidence, but I boy I see that time and again, and it you know some people talk about this idea of uh, oh shoot what is it called now I can't think oh imposter syndrome. Are you guys familiar with that? Yep, definitely. Yes. Yeah, okay. Good. Yeah, so imposter syndrome being the idea that um, people are going to figure out that you don't actually know what you're talking about, <laughs> and that you're that you feel like you're constantly not um, like not really up to the task, and that you're sort of going to be found out that you're faking it and stuff like that. And um, I've had that same experience too, like. Like I hear that a lot when I have tried to encourage women to. We have, we have like a small open source group here where I live, which I live in kind of a college town. It's only about maybe 150,000 people, so not a huge amount of folks. But I've uh, you know spoken to uh, or you know tried to get women participating and or. Um, uh, talked about in, in other things where it's like, hey, maybe you should do this or you should, you should do, do a talk here or something like that. And the thing I always hear is, well, I'm not sure I'm really smart enough to do that or I don't really feel confident in that. There's this kind of idea that I've got – you really have to be like an expert in the field to, um, to be up there or otherwise you're going to look like an idiot. And – I'm not sure I completely understand why that is because I maybe I just I, I I don't know enough about sort of this idea of how society and our culture tends to uh, you know address these kinds of things or how it tends to shape us. But I I've seen that pattern again and again with women who uh, participate in some way in, in in open source and and they're 
you know, they're feeling that, well, maybe I'm not nerdy enough to go here, or maybe it's going to be this kind of conversation or things like that, that there's this constant, this is feeling of, of, of a lack of confidence. And I think that's why, you know, I should preface this by saying I'm pretty pragmatic about this stuff. I just, I just want to do whatever's going to work. Like, and to get more women to participate, I am happy doing whatever it's going to do uh, to to make that happen. Um, so, if it mean if there's some approach that means that I can say all the like horrible, uh, offensive jokes that I want, I'm going to be totally okay with that. That would be awesome. I would love to do that. Um, but I think that's some of the feeling about why it, it's why there's a feeling that we need to establish a culture and uh, inside um, a lot of open source stuff that removes some of these barriers and this, these cultural barriers that that exist and exist so they so permeate our culture that we're just used to them, we're comfortable with them, and we unconsciously accept them. And the idea is that we need to um, proactively address some of those um, in order to try to balance that stuff out. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I just went off on a tangent, but I don't know. Well, I know exactly what you're talking about. I was discouraged from going into science or going into anything technology-related. Um, even whenever I was going into college, even in, my, in this day, I was asked, well, why don't you become a teacher or a nurse? And I was like, because I don't want to be a teacher or a nurse. I've been doing stuff with computers since I was two years old. What do you mean? Like, I was the only female in my school to graduate with computer science honors from high school. You know, it's, on one hand, it felt like, you know, a big part of the world was discouraging me from going into science. But then, luckily, I had a father who was just championing me. You know, he's like, you're good at this. You like doing it. And he did everything he could to support me in it. But if I had been completely surrounded by people saying, women aren't supposed to do this, you know, be a teacher, be a nurse, have some babies, or whatever that is. I mean, it's it's kind of weird that it's still happening today, you know, and I feel like uh, a lot of these girls and women that come to some of these user groups, especially the all-female ones, you know, we're having to kind of push them along and build their confidence and, you know, they have to be around for months, I think, before they feel comfortable enough to start helping others. And I, it boggles my mind why this still happens today. I just, I honestly don't understand. I guess the, the, the first time I started noticing there'd be a, a difference is, uh, you're, you're talking about college. Um, doing ICT as, uh, in the UK, the school systems are all different, so I'm not even going to try and say the names, but like, when I was doing my, uh, my A-levels, there were two girls, I think, in my class, um, and before that, in, in lower years, uh, doing ICT at a different level, at GCSE levels, there were quite a few. Um, so it seemed to be sort of, as, as we progressed through higher education, there would be um, consistently less and less women. So it would start off sort of, high school essentially would have, would have quite a few women involved. Uh, the, the stage after that kind of the low level of college, we have a really weird system. There was like four or five girls, and I think there was one girl in my class as we got um, to doing the actual... Um, higher level college stuff um, so I think it seems like the biggest drop off is, is as you're growing up as a teenager when you're at the sort of level where you don't really have any confidence that's when people start to drop out of 
the computing uh, stuff, especially if there's more guys around. If you're sort of a younger, less confident person and there's a whole bunch of guys around you, it's going to be quite easy for you, to, for you as, a, as a woman to be pushed out by the, by the majority of the group, which means at later points on in life, it's probably going to be difficult for you to get involved in it because you're going to associate it with that large group of asshole guys that you used to go to college with. Yeah, I used to go to college with a large group of asshole guys. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> but, sounds about but, right. I was, but I was never going to let them bother me, you know? Like, right. usually I just ignore them, and I'm like, but no, in my head, I'm remembering who you are, and I'm remembering what you did. And that's going to stay with me forever. And I would pretty much just ignore them. Or if it gets to a point, you know, just say something about it. I don't know. You know, sometimes... I've had to be more aggressive and make them look stupid in front of everybody just so that they'll leave me alone for the next two months so we can just finish this class. Do you think that's because you, you might have a slightly different personality type to, to other people? I mean, you've mentioned that you're slightly tomboyish. Do you think it's easier for you to say, like, fuck you to those guys than, than maybe other people do? Or? Uh, only because I've had to do it so many times. <laughs> right. You know, I'm I'm actually soft-spoken and I don't say much and... People assume that I guess I'm a dumb, young, naive girl and that they can use me to push themselves up and make themselves look smarter and stronger. But at a certain point, you don't let people do that anymore. And whenever they do, then you're going to have to fight back. Right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't think we're going to fix, fix gender equality in, uh, in computing this, this, this month. Uh, but um, maybe maybe we'll sort that on the next episode. Um, it's a it's a tough one. But um, but Ed, if you want to move along to the the next topic of um, of what you've been talking about with your uh, open sourcing mental illnesses, um, would you like to just take the lead on that? Yeah, sure. I yeah. Hopefully, I'll sound a little less crazy in this one, which is sort of ironic, don't you? I think. But um, the uh, I, I I think that. You know, it, it's it's funny. You know, that, uh, Miko, you talked about uh, that. Uh, you you seem like an in a lot of ways an exceptionally confident person, and like in in and it's uh, that's something. Oh, I think we've lost Ed there. Did I drop out? I'm sorry. I hit yeah, the switch. You that muted me. <laughs> well, I, I you know I think that that like sort of exceptional level of confidence is is so impressive and is something that i know that like i totally don't have like if i had to go through the stuff that you had to to sort of like deal with people who are being assholes uh my ability to cope with that is so poor uh that um that i i, I don't know that i could get through that um you know i with this with this stuff that that i'm i'm kind of trying to i guess raise awareness about it started, I guess, last year, and I did a, um, I did a podcast uh, on on Dev Hell, and I, I talked about, uh, you know, instead of talking about technical stuff and open source junk and you know, making, uh, you know, stupid jokes and things like that, um, I, I had I had just come back from uh, the PHP Tech Twelve conference and. I've been to this conference many times it's in Chicago. It's only like a two-hour drive, so I just drive up there, and it's real easy. And you know, it's relatively easy. It's you don't have to fly anywhere, and that's great. But like this was, and by no fault of the the conference organizers or anything like that, this was like one of my worst conference experiences. And um, I always have trouble when I when I go to a conference. There's always some time. There's always like at least some time. When I'm when I'm at these things, where I'm like, I really don't want to be here. I just want to go home. 
I don't want to be around all these people. It just, I'm just really uncomfortable and I feel stuck here. And I always have that at least once, but this was like particularly bad. Um, I forgot some of the medications that I have to take and I ended up like catching a bug or something like that. And I felt like crap and it was just really like, like physically and, and mentally, I was just really, really run down and I was able to do, I had a, a one or two talks. I can't remember. I can't remember. And I did those. I remember, but I just felt like crap and I went home early and I was just really uncomfortable and unhappy. And I guess it, uh, the thing that made it that that brought it up was I just felt like I really was compelled to kind of talk about it. Like I've thought about this for a few days, and I was like, I need to like talk about this. And I'm, and it it wasn't exactly, and talk about it publicly. And it was it was kind of weird because I, I guess I felt like I was just doing it for myself, and I guess I wanted to talk about how it feels and how how it felt, like and the kind of stuff that I go through. Um, I've been when I was thirteen. Um, I was diagnosed with depression, and I, I've had to deal with with that and anxiety, a lot of anxiety issues, my whole life. And I've taken um, medications for it since then. I'm, you know, I'm 37 now, so like, for like, you know, well over like, you know, half of my life, I've had to had to take this stuff, and uh, you know, gone to therapy and things like that. But I hadn't really talked about it publicly to sort of just talk about what it's like, and. Um, I just wanted to talk about some, you know, like some of the things that I dealt with, like like what it's like going, uh, like traveling for me, like like one of the things that I always I can tell that I'm different from other people who go to conferences. Like a lot of the guys who go who speak at a lot of say the PHP conferences and stuff, you can tell they enjoy traveling, and you can tell that they uh, like going to new places. And there are folks who are like, hey, I'm in a new place. I'm just go- let's go check out this cool you know, like restaurant, or I want to go to this cool bar or this place that sells cigars or something like that. And they're just like, yeah, I'll just go out and do that, and that's fine. And to me, that is terrifying. There is no way I would do that because <laughs> I am like, um, I, I like if I don't know if I'm not comfortable in a place and I don't know like what the, what are the rules and how how to like operate things and like how to do stuff, how to get around and things like that until I have time to sort of adapt to that and feel comfortable with it. I am scared shitless about it. I am terrified of it. Like I there is a good example like um like the thing I think I think I talked about this on that podcast was you know I don't know. We have so we have buses around town here and um they have these like these bike racks on the front of them. And you can so if you have a bike, you can you know you can ride your bike around. And then well, I want to take the bus because it's like I don't know a couple miles away or something like that. I don't want to ride my bike all that way, or it's, it's hard to ride the bike or something like that. It's you know not 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 going to work. So you can put it on the bus rack. I would never ever use that bike rack because the thing that I imagine is that I will get there and I don't know like exactly how the bike rack works. And like, am I supposed to like tell the guy I'm going to put put the bike on the bike rack first, and then and then put it on there, and then walk up and be like, "Hey, here you go," and, and like that. And and but how much does it cost to get on the bus? I'm not 100 percent sure, so I don't know. And, and all these things, and it, it's just like I just think about it, and it makes me very uncomfortable. Right? I've had several problems with that myself. I think is whenever right. there's some, when there's something like that, like weird public transport, like. I was in Canada and I didn't have a phone that worked, so I couldn't even Google like how much is the bus. So in the end, I was like, "Ah, oh, it's only four miles. I'll just walk it." <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's something I do. 
Yeah, it's it's so like it's just really it's scary and and I I I envy people who are able to just be like oh you know I'm cool whatever that's fine I just I just can't do it and it, it's it really really makes me uncomfortable um, and uh, so I it, it's it that anxiety can build up and it's to the point where I just get I get upset and I get depressed and I just don't want to deal with it and. Um, you know, that's that's kind of what it's been like lately. Like I've had ups and downs, and and sometimes this stuff's been really tough, and sometimes it hasn't. But I guess I, you know, like I wanted to talk about it, and I wanted to talk a little bit about, well, what is this like? And kind of feel like I guess for me, I felt like I was kind of burdening it to feel like I was a little bit less alone. Like I wasn't the only one who was dealing with this, and maybe I talk about it, and you know, somebody else would understand it. Or I just felt like I I had this burden I had to kind of get off and. The thing was, I was just really blown away by how many people responded. We got, like, by far the most feedback of any episode we've done, we, we did before that or since. Um, and I got tons of, 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 of people writing me and say, these quotes that just blew me away. Like, like there's this one I, I have down here that I put in this blog post I wrote up. And it said, this is, somebody wrote me and said, I simply wanted to write and say that I've never been able to put into words how I feel as well as you did. And that's that's crazy to me because I was just like I was just talking about how I felt and and this guy I, and and because I just have to babble about myself and I have to talk about myself and I feel so compelled to do that because it's like I don't know what else to do with this stuff I feel like I have to say something um, it's uh, it, you know. That, that somebody felt like I was able to articulate something they were getting at and felt good about that and felt like they were um, that they weren't alone they weren't the only person who was dealing with that um, like somebody I was talking about this a few weeks ago on Twitter and somebody was asking me I was asking like well what would you want to see if I talked about this like I went out and did say maybe talked at a conference or something like that and somebody you know sent me a thing on Twitter and said the thing I'd want to know is just that I'm not the only one who's like this. And I think there's a real tendency to feel that way, to feel like, because you get in this, you get in groups where it's like, well, it seems like everybody is having fun and everybody is like, likes being around like a big crowd and stuff. And I can do that for a little bit, but I get real tired of it and just don't want to be there. And I don't want to be around a bunch of people. And I don't like being in this, in this strange city. And I don't like being, you know, I want to just be home and I wish I could just be home and I feel like shit and I'm depressed and it sucks. And I think if I can get in for a second, I think a large part of that's like hashtag itis. Um, is a phrase, phrase I came up with uh, the other day. Like, whenever you go to these conferences, there's always, everyone's always saying, it's an amazing time, everything was excellent, it's so good to see all of you, I so enjoyed meeting everyone for beers, you're all amazing people, it's always awesome. And it's, it, it often comes across as seeing a little bit fake, and I often wonder how many of these people are actually genuinely having that much of a super fun time, because people <laughs> just, they just seem to exaggerate it so hard, just because... Like, I don't know if they've, they've been to these bigger conferences or they've, they've seen other people at these conferences and they've been having a great time on the hashtag so they're all going around going, where, it's crazy, right. it's awesome, or, or what. But a lot of the time that seems uh, like extremely overhyped. And a lot of times I'm, I'm having some of the same thoughts and feelings. Like, I'm, right. I, I'm you know, I'm, this is a bit intense. Like, we've been talking tech for, for like two days straight. I've come up with a new rule of like no talking tech after nine o'clock, which does help. Oh, that's um, a good idea. 
<laughs> that's something I might start implementing. But no, the, 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 the quote I saw that I really liked from your, um, from your blog post was, it really sucks to have a brain that wants to continually sabotage you and keeps you from reaching your potential. Just know there are millions, and I do mean millions of people that understand what you, uh, what you go through. And I think it, genuinely there's a lot more people around than other people think, and that's the best thing that you've been doing by spreading the word about this. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's it, it, what you says. I and from what I've read, there are some people who did, like different personality types, and I, I don't know. Some people buy into this more than others, but there's these Meyer Young personality. Is that what they are? Yeah, no, the Myers Briggs personality types, and and if you follow those, basically, there's some folks who. I mean, it's not this. It's not like there's one. There's two, but there's there's a tendency. There's some folks who are like really invigorated by having conversations with people and being around people and participating and stuff like that. Like they're energized by it, and they gain strength from that. And I, I can, I think I'm kind of like. There's also some people who are like really drained by that stuff. Like they, and they might even sort of enjoy it and find it exciting for a little bit, but. They can only do it for a certain period, and then they feel like really like it drains their energy. And I know that I'm like that. Like when I'm around big groups, especially at like conference things or stuff like that, I, I don't understand how these people just stand around in like a loud, crowded, I don't know, a bar or some room or something like that, and just stand there for like three hours and talk to people. And they they have to yell because they can't hear anything. And and. I, that just—it's like the worst thing in the world for me. I hate it. I—I—I—I I, I, I really, really don't like that part. But you know, that's—I—I uh, I guess some people are just different, and I guess more power to them for people if they really, really get that excited about conferences and 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 really love it. And there's a lot of aspects I love about it, but. It is. Ne- it's never been like a hundred percent. This is just the greatest thing I ever did. It's always been, you know, sort of drawbacks for that. And so. There's other stuff that you know kind of goes in with that talking about like what it's like for dealing with the stuff I've dealt with and, and, and deal with every day and um, and being in open source and this idea about like having a brain that sabotages you <laughs> you know I for a long time I have thought that ultimately there was something wrong with my brain and like I often felt I often hated the fact that I felt like I could do so much if I could just stay focused and like I knew what I I I was conscious and knew what I if I did XYZ I would be more successful but I could not motivate myself to do it like and so some of that has to do with things like um, you know I've been I I take some medication for adult uh, attention deficit disorder and so I have some issues kind of related to that and so that's that's part of it, but it's this idea that like I feel like this i this idea of having a brain that like doesn't work the right way and and it, it and you feel like you can't actually exist in society like and you can't get along in society you can't like be productive in society and and you just can't have like normal reactions to things like I get way too upset about stuff that i that is not really all that helpful and and and, and doesn't get. I, I, remember you, like, I remember you talking about this on the uh, the original Dev Hell podcast, and I was sitting there just nodding and smiling and laughing. Like, yeah. I, I get amazingly upset about comments on Reddit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which yes. Is, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so, so a stupid thing. Like, I post a blog post, and then, like, ten people will say, that's awesome, that's really helped me, that's a good point, or, like, I like this in general. And then yep. one guy just goes, oh, whatever, you should use WordPress instead. And I want to I just punch his lights out. I just get so angry. 
Yes, and <laughs> and and so that that so what I have to do is I mean there's there's lots of things I can't do and I'm I'm always constantly trying to figure out how to cope with this, but I have to like shut things off sometimes and like like shit. I I mean you could tell because I probably sounded like a psycho like the beginning of this, this podcast and because I was like so emotional about this stuff like this stuff that had come up about this stupid t-shirt I mean like like this is really that huge a deal like like I mean there are so so many worse examples of, of stuff that's like this that this was not a big thing I mean it's a, I think it's a thing but it's not that big a thing right I, I find um, it highly ironic that we were actually talking about it after I've been saying quite a lot of times today that people shouldn't be talking about it so much I know <laughs> it's, I, it's exactly. the big irony but it had to be done yeah, I think to some extent you kind of have to talk it out, right, a little bit. And But I got so – there's this idea, I guess, and people have expressed this different ways. But for me, it's the idea that I tend to internalize other people's uh, – there's a couple things. One, I tend to internalize other people if I see, like, distress or conflict or something like that. So, you know, some people, they call that – you know, empathy or something like that. So if I, I tend to be sort of, I feel like I'm kind of hypersensitive to that. And that's helpful in some ways because I feel like I, I, I like try to be like, I'm, I tend to be more aware than the average person about like how, how maybe this other person is feeling and how, you know, maybe are they doing okay? Or how, you know, how might this be affecting them or things like that? So, and sometimes that's, that's really useful. Where it doesn't work is that, especially if there's somebody who is, like, disagreeing with me or there's some kind of conflict, I tend to do two things. One, I interpret everything they say in the most negative way possible. Um, so this is particularly bad um, online. Uh, I, man, I... Like, I think we all do that online. Yeah, well, it's worse because you don't have any context, right? You don't have any nonverbal cues. So you have a tendency to kind of view it in a more negative way. But I have this tendency to internalize stuff to the extent where, like, that conflict, I'll obsess about it, and I can't stop thinking about it. And, like, I've, as I've gotten older, I've kind of learned how to deal with it better, and also I take medication that helps me with it, that sort of evens that stuff out so I sort of have more reasonable reactions to it. But I was, I tell you, man, and I was so stressed out, by like, that I couldn't operate. And, like, and this stuff that ha- that's, you know, kind of come up this over this weekend has it was kind of like that for me is I was so stressed that it doesn't it's like you know I have a family right I can't and it, it gets to the point where like I can't I'm so upset and so anxious that I have to like separate myself or just like it's 6 p.m. and I'm like I gotta go to bed because I can't handle this and it sucks because now I've got you know there's people who count on me that I have to interact with them and be, you know, stuff like that. And I, I'm not able to do that. Um, that was why I, you know, if you guys uh, probably know, I worked for like five years on this, this Twitter and, and uh, Identica client called Spaz. And uh, at first it was a desktop client. I also did it for Palm Web OS. And I did that for five years. And, um, but that was an up and down thing because, like, dealing with users is like the worst. That's just the worst thing in the world. And that up. right, yeah. I mean, so you know, because you do that. That's the worst part of open source is is dealing with users because it's you really have to like not internalize anything and not take anything personally. Um, there's this book, The Four Agreements, that talks about it. And one of these that talks about ways, you know, how to sort of 
be honorable and and you know healthy in your interactions with people and stuff. And one of the things it says is that take nothing personally, like zero. Can't take anything personally. My problem is I take almost everything personally, right? And I, I'm very conscious of that, but. But um, that and, like, all the ups and downs and stupid stuff of dealing with, like, with when Palm got sold to HP and HP basically, like, shit the bed totally with that stuff. Like, it got to a point where I, I was just so stressed out by it and I was internalizing that stuff so much that I was being just a dick to people, in, you know, in my day-to-day life. And it, it was, like, you spend all this time, like, online and it's like this, like, you sort of, like, you know, you have this community and you interact with everybody online and stuff like that, but it, it all that stuff spills over and you end up getting so, at least for me, I was so stressed out that I was just, I was not being a good, like, husband and I was not being a good parent and I was being mean and, and a jerk. And I, like, you know, my wife said to me, you gotta, this, you can't keep going like this, right? And I was like, okay, I just had to stop. I had to stop doing it. And uh, because it was it was making me miserable and it was making the people around me miserable. So, you know, I I, I've had to learn like ways to cope, like like what are my boundaries in terms of like how I can commit myself to stuff and like how do I what do I have to do to like turn off like streams of information that that like tend to trigger things for me like. I liberally use my Etsy host file on my laptop to, like, block access to things. Like, I blocked access to Twitter for, like, most of the weekend because I couldn't deal with it. I was, like, this is going to – I was obsessing about it. It was driving me nuts. I was so frustrated with it. And it's, like, the only way for me to, like, feel comfortable and not have all this anxiety and upset about it was just – I have to just turn it off. And, and um I don't like doing it, but, like, sometimes I'm just, like, I'll just block. I just have, like, for my own sanity, I just have to block this person or mute this person or things like that. And it's not anything they did. It's not, believe me, it's not them. It's me, and I know that what I'm having, an ab- I have abnormally, like, emotional reactions to things. Like, I guess it, it's not that I have these reactions. It's normal to have some kind of emotion about it. But for me, it feels like like it gets it can get so intense that I feel like I can't control it and um it puts and when it gets really bad it puts me in the in like a state where it's just like all the things that I normally value and things that I know are like this is the way that you should behave to be responsible and this is what's going to make you happy in long term this is how you're going to take care of your family long term and these are the things that matter like when it's really bad those emotions completely override all those normal priorities you have in life for me. And it's just, it'll just be like, you know, when I'm really depressed, I'm just like, no, nothing fucking matters. Like, it's just seem everything seems like shit. Like just everything's terrible and nothing's ever going to be good. And it's always going to suck. That's like when it's really like, it was really, really dark and it just seems like it's not going to get any better. And then like, sometimes it'll get, I'll just get, uh, if you get so frustrated and mad with stuff, it's just like, you just don't care about the things that you normally cared about. And the, the thing that's tough about it is that you're, I'll be at this point where, like, when, I, when it gets really bad, like, it'll peak. And I, had to, I just have to wait for it to ride out. And, like, people who I care about in my life just have sort of had to learn to deal with this. That sometimes I have to be like, I, am, I need, like, 30 minutes. And for that 30 minutes, I just have to wait for this, like, wave of crazy shit like crazy intense emotion to go to just ride out 
And until it does, I know I'm going to make terrible decisions. And if you talk to me, I'm going to be a dick or I'm going to say mean things or stupid things or really hurtful things. And it's, you know, it's really a problem. And it's, 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 it sucks being aware of this, but not feeling like you really can control it. Like, I think that's the thing that's hardest about it, right? Right. I mean, what would you say are the things that mostly set you off? Is it just like the arguments on the internet or is that, is that yeah, to ask? It, it'll be things kind of like, it'll be things like that, but it, you know, there's definitely tr- like triggers for me. And I think a lot of the triggers that happen for me are if I feel like, I feel like if I get embarrassed, that's really hard for me. I feel like embarrassment for me is really, really intense. And I feel that really strongly. Um, like, uh, especially if I feel like somebody didn't understand me and they think that I'm kind of like, if I feel like they, they, they think I'm stupid or they think that, or things that'll trigger me off. Like, like if people, t- like, you know, things that I like care about a lot, if they, if I come off, like they think that maybe I'm, um, let's say a misogynist or something like that. If I come off that way, it's really embarrassing and intense for me. And that's something that I, I find intensely frustrating um and a lot of that is there's this idea a friend of mine is telling me about it's also from this book the four agreements that talks about that like people have their own pain and not to make your their pain your own and my tendency is very much to make their pain your own right or or make their pain my own right so um, but it's, it's things of that nature. Like if I feel like somebody, I think that that idea where if I feel like somebody doesn't understand me or particularly, um, thinks that I might be something that I find particularly heinous, like, like, you know, I don't know, again, like the thing I keep thinking of is like that if I'm a misogynist or, or something of that nature, or, or I don't yeah, know, I've, 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 I've been like called sexist before when I really wasn't the case. And that just made me so mad. Cause like anything you try saying in that case, just makes you seem worse and the more defensive you get the worse it is so right. in the end, I, just, I kind of just rage quit the internet for a weekend went shooting with my buddies and got kind of drunk and then everything was okay when i came back but like yep. it made me super angry firing shotguns when you're angry is a brilliant idea as long as you're doing it in a controlled environment yes <laughs> i i think there's that's the key <laughs> yeah that's the key um yeah well a lot of people you know i i've never done it but a lot of people said shooting is like a very um like cathartic thing for them so yeah totally um so i you know for me i think the other thing i'm terrible about this i'm really bad about exercising but i know one of the things that really really levels me out you know like i said my i think my biggest issue is i have these really my emotional reactions are really intense and i feel like i can't control them and i t- you know like i said taking medication it helps with that so it makes it sort of less intense but um and less frequent but um I know that one of the things that helps me a ton is exercise. Like if I felt, if I really felt like I could consistently do an exercise program, like if I was not as well, basically lazy and, uh, you know, uh, uh, as I am, um, man, there's something about endorphins that like, that just makes everything seem cool. Like everything's okay. And, and you know what, you're going to be fine and everything's going to be totally okay, man. That stuff is magic. (laughs) Right. Um, and, uh, so if I felt like if I could do that, that would be awesome. Like if I could, could, you know, regularly do that. And I guess, you know, it, again, the other thing is, is like, 
it, it's figuring out like what those triggers are and like saying, okay, I need to, um, I need to step away from this or like figuring out, I feel I can tell my, get my feel like I'm getting too intense about something like, I've had this happen before where, like, I'm having some conversation with somebody, like, on IRC or something, and they say something that, for some reason, really triggers me. And I think a lot of times, if I feel, if it makes me feel kind of stupid or something, again, this is my reaction. This isn't what they're necessarily saying to me. It's, like, my, it's my reaction to it. And, um, like, I can tell, like, sometimes where I'm, like, starting to, starting to get a little upset and a little upset. And then what I can tell is I can start feeling, because, you know, I talked about that like conflict makes me really uncomfortable and anxious. Like I get this feeling where I'm typing and I can feel like my arms shaking. Like I can feel like I'm kind of like shaking. Start, starting to hulk out. Yeah. Because I'm getting so fucking upset about this and <laughs> it's ridiculous. And I, yeah. and I know I am, you know, I know that this is a, an entirely unproductive way to react to this. I know that. But man, it is hard to stop myself because it is like that shit just it just it's like a it's like a wave of like You're Marcy McFly and someone's called you chicken and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Yeah. That was a kick ass explanation. Yeah. Like and and when it's really bad, it's like you get to a point where you're like All right, buddy, let's go. Like you you're prepared to escalate it as far as it will go. Like um, and that is a really, really, really bad place to be. That is so supremely unproductive yeah. and, and, and problematic. And I, I know that, like, I've not a lot, but I've had a few people who I'm, you know, I've, where I've, like, kind of flipped out on. And I'm sure they just think I'm a piece of shit because of it. Because, and I, you know, end up having to apologize to them because I'm like, I, but they, they don't, you know, I totally, like, flipped out on them. And it, it's embarrassing to think about now that I, you know, you know, it's just crazy. Like, what's wrong with me, right? Yeah. But no, I kind of have a problem with this, and I guess for me, like, I, I, there's different things you have to deal with. I mean, for for some folks, it's you know they take medication, and that's just all they really need, and it's just okay. They just kind of have a chemical thing. Um, I think it really does help. Like, some people will go to I, I like, some people go you know, say go to therapy and then maybe also do medication or something like that. I mean, I've, I've been in therapy for different things and stuff like that. And that's helped me a lot. I think I just generally have sort of like this, like a chemical tendency and the way my brain works is that it doesn't, it just, it's, it's, it's not sort of the way everybody else's is. So like medications kind of help even that stuff out for me. But, um, you know, not everybody's like that. Like I said, like if I could, if I felt like I could exercise like every day, like I worked outside and that was what I did and I really did it, I might be able to like kick medications entirely because that's, it just makes me feel so much better. Um, but you should uh, get like a treadmill desk. You know, I've thought about that. I've totally thought about that. <laughs> yeah, right? No, but I've totally thought about that. Um, I have really crappy knees, so like a standing desk doesn't seem like a good option for me. Like, I, like if I'm standing for more than like ten or fifteen minutes, my legs and my feet like start to really hurt. But, um, but like I've thought about that. Like this would be awesome if I could just walk. I'm good at oh, walking. Get pissed program. off and just crank it up to eleven. And start running. <laughs> The other programmer approach is to uh, do Pomodoros and get like a set of weights to start just getting big arms in your five minute breaks in between. You know what? Some people, it's funny. A friend of mine was talking about how she started doing weightlift, like, like weight training, not like 
you know, yeah, not, not just something that was weight, Yeah, not like competitive weightlifting, but like, you know, weight training stuff. And she's like, well, this is really helping me. Like, it makes me feel as good as I do when I run. So I don't know. Maybe I should, right? Um, but, yeah, there's something magic about endorphins. I don't know what it is, but those things are awesome. Uh, but that's just, you know, I, 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 this is a long and convoluted thing. But the point is that, like, I'm, I proposed a talk. To just get up in front of people and kind of try to talk about this stuff and sort of talk about, like, what it's been like, you know, for me dealing with this stuff and sort of in as part of, like, and dealing with the context of open source, like going to conferences or, like, participating in groups. I mean, one of the things is that I, I haven't talked about much here and we're probably running out of time, but, like, it, it can make... Uh, working on a team challenging, right? Because <laughs> sometimes you just know that you're, you just kind of have bad days and you sort of flip out on people every once in a while. And, and then, then you're, you feel like a jerk because like now I'm the guy that everybody has to be like, has to deal with. And then, you know, you feel and, and so it's, it's good if you can find a group of people who are understanding about it. Right. Um, who kind of put up with your, so maybe sometimes you're just having a bad day kind of thing. Um, and Oops. it, and, that's you know, one thing uh, I want to ask you about is if you yeah, are on a team with somebody like that, you know, and over time you can tell, you know, maybe they're getting too emotional about something. You know, how could I, as a coworker, help you deal with that without making it worse? Is yeah, it kind of walk away for a minute, or so it, it's a good question. I think for me, probably the biggest thing that, and I think people just do this because. They're kind of trying. It seems seem a little nervous, and they're kind of trying to. They might use like a little humor. They might tell a joke, or something like that, to kind of you know, blow off. You know, make it seem less tense. Like if I'm getting antsy. And the other thing is, I also I te- I work remotely, so that has a lot of the same problems I talked about, with like assuming the worst about everything that somebody's saying, right? Um, but. Sometimes people will like kind of make jokes about it or something like that. And if I'm in a bad mood, like if I'm not doing well and I'm kind of kind of getting upset about stuff, like the worst thing for me is to feel like people don't take it seriously. Like then I feel like like sort of dismissed. And again, that is, this is not their intent, and I know that, right? If you just talk to me like when I'm calm, I'd be like, yeah, of course he didn't mean anything or whatever. But, like, making a joke about it is kind of bad. Like, that sort of – I don't usually deal well with it. I think the main thing is just, like, like just saying, hey, man, how you doing, you know? Uh, uh, and and just seeing, you know, making sure everything's okay, something I could do, you know? But, like, not – like, for me, it's, like, not – Not amazing way. <laughs> kind yeah. Of that line, you know? So it, it's a hard thing because some folks, maybe they need that. And I guess it, it varies. For me – I have this other thing where it's like I don't I feel ashamed for being a burden on people and 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 being this guy that you have to treat with kids gloves like I really don't like that I'm conscious of the fact that sometimes it gets that way and I really don't want to be that way and I'm embarrassed of the fact that I ha- that it's like that so I I don't I think yeah. that's a good point but at the same time I think everyone's kind of a, a Everyone has a different way of working uh, in a team. Like I've, I've managed a small number of people. I'm no, by no by no means like a big experience manager guy, but at the same time, like the people with the massive egos are just as hard. Because if you want, like, if they send in some work and it's not great, and like there's bugs with it, or there's like it's not really done in the right way, or it could be quicker, or it could be better, and and you try telling them their code's wrong, then instead of like flipping out and getting angry, they're just gonna be like, "Well, no, my code's my code's fucking awesome, mate. Right. Uh, I think you're wrong." 
and, and they, they're not, you know, at the, other, at the complete other end of the uh, scale as opposed to from being like extremely nervous or, or like, or having um, sort of anxiety about it. They can be too confident and they can be too happy about it. And even then you have to like stroke their ego just enough to say, no, it's not wrong, but you know, like pat them on the back and tell them they're yeah. a good boy and still get them to do the work. So I think pretty much everyone on a team, like working with people in general is hard. Um, oh, no, matter, hard. no matter what their personality uh, is. And I think it's just if you work with people, you have to be understanding of the, the different types of personality they are and just being able to, to recognize the, the traits, I guess, is the, is the main part right. of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I, I got managing people is really, really, really hard. And it's not something, uh, you know, I, 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 I think I struggle with it. Um, because it it really you have to like those things that I talked about about not taking things personally. <laughs> that is just like super hard. And there's some people who are uh, for me. There's some people who are really good at it. Like we have a guy who is an like a really really good project manager, and his his ability to stay even keeled and relatively positive, but not being like pushy and not being not you know not ever like yelling or anything like that or not you know not not being too intense about stuff is just amazing so like i feel like i can come to him and say hey man i'm just you know i'm not comfortable with this like i'm having a tough time right now and i'm i'm sorry and i can talk to him and he's like yeah i totally understand that's okay right and like that that just like feeling like i can talk to somebody safely about something and they they're okay with it and that's and it's going to be okay that stuff like have like somebody who's able to do that is like amazing for me you know I, luckily i have you know really everybody on my team but particularly as one guy as a project manager is just really really good and uh that just that just really helps um so for me i guess it's just it's it's just trying to come from a position of understanding yeah yeah not not being not being patronizing but just kind of trying to understand how they feel right and and i guess like you say that's not necessarily a thing for it's like well people with anxiety and depression. I think that's the thing with like like trying to be empathetic towards people and understand where they're coming from and work with them so that uh and in the way that's going to help them be positive and like uh and and be productive and help them be productive and feel good about like the investment that they put into it. So, yeah, I I guess it's I guess it's not. It's 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 keeping that in mind for everybody you interact with, and then different people are just going to be different, right? Right. Um, yeah, um, one other thing I want to ask about, and this is you know it's probably very different person to person, but are there are things you found that help you, you know, kind of focus more, be more productive. I know you already mentioned uh, working remotely helps. Yeah. So so it's yeah. I like the past you know, two and a half years I've worked remotely, and. Uh, and that has been uh, really good uh, in a lot of ways. In some ways, it's been um, like that. It varies. Some people don't deal well with that, and I, I think I do okay. Um, and you know, working remotely has a whole bunch of different things. But for me, like focusing, I think, um, and you know, staying productive, I think there's a couple things that help me. Um, I think one of the things is that is actually that it helps a lot to. Um, to have uh, for me, it helps a lot to. I have a. I've used a thing like called. There's a, an application for OSX. I think it's called just timeout. Um, but there's other things that do this that just remind me to take breaks and like get up and stretch. Like so physically, like 
my tendency is I'll just sit there all day, and uh, and I might just uh, screw up, and or I'm or, or and then uh, you know I might just mess around and not necessarily get a lot done, but um, like physically I'll feel like crap if I just sit there for a long time. But um, the uh, I think that that stuff helps a lot um, when you. Uh, it, it kind of helps break stuff out. So, like, for me, if I take, like, a little 10-minute break to kind of get away from stuff for a little bit, that helps a lot. And if I, tr- I try to do that, I'm not so good at doing it, like, every, say, hour. Um, but if I do it at least every couple hours and I take a break and kind of step away from something, I think that helps me a lot. Um, the other thing is I've just found that I have a lot of, like, visual visual distractions hurt me a lot. So, like... Uh, I use Sublime Edit as an editor, and one of the things I like about it is that I can, like, I re- just remove a bunch of stuff on the screen, and I always run it in, f- like, I run it full screen mode because if there's stuff behind it, like, if I can see a window behind it, I find that distracting, right? I find um, that that stuff. So, so things like, um, or particularly when I'm writing, like full screen, like non-distraction modes of applications that like fill the full screen and remove the menu bar and stuff like that. That tends to help me a lot. Um, and then uh, like other things I found is like I tr- I like I hate badges, you know, little things that like have uh, you know the number of like unread emails or unread things Man, and stuff that like that. Bothers me. So There's no way I can do any work if I have a tweet. It's right. Just, that that tweet has to get read. Exactly. <laughs> so. Um, I tend to disable notifications like as much as I can, like especially visual notifications. Um, I tend to do that as much as possible. And then uh, sometimes just for productivity's sake, I'll go in. There's some tools for this, but I will just go into my Etsy host file. And uh, like because, you know, I run on a Mac, so on OS X, I go into the Etsy host file and just like I'll, like map Twitter to my local IP. And I'll map like Facebook to my local IP or other things that I think might distract me. And sometimes I'll just do that. And it's like, it's a pain enough to like have to go in and turn that off that, that keeps me kind of focused. Um, I think those things kind of help. And, and otherwise for me, I always kind of have to like, I have to start thinking about the task that I'm going to do ahead of time. I can't just sit down and like, okay, I'm working. Right. I have to like mentally put myself in the right place for it. So I have to start thinking about how I'm going to solve that problem. And then that, that helps me kind of, kind of get things sorted out i think um yeah nice and i think that's a a pretty good place for us to wrap up because we were uh, getting quite close on time um yeah so thanks for joining us today guys um sorry miko we kind of uh, just blathered away at the end there um and didn't get you too involved um well i blathered away not (laughs) that's a good point (laughs) i hope it was entertaining (laughs) <laughs> nice. Well, we uh, we did pick the probably two most difficult topics we could have done. Uh, next week on PHP Town Hall, we'll be solving the crisis in the Middle East and um, getting back to the moon somehow. So, excellent. <laughs> it's been good talking to you guys. Thank you very much. And um, I hope everyone is listening again uh, next month when we release episode six. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. your history.